Hey, thanks for joining me today on Prayer in the Word. This is episode 11, Glorious Finish, a book review. This is Matthew Bryant. Before we dig into today's episode, I want to share with you about my book that recently released on Amazon. It's available on ebook and paperback right now. It's titled How to Pray, 15 Days to a More Biblical, Joyful, and Consistent Prayer Life. And after field testing this and now opening up to a Facebook group of over 100 uh, private members who have now gone through this in my church, I can tell you that this book will help you take that first step to a more satisfying prayer life and walk with God. You can find out more about the book at Amazon. Just type in How to Pray and then my name, Matthew Bryant, or you can go to my website, MatthewCBryant.com. Be sure to subscribe to my blog while you're there. You can get regular updates and encouragement for prayer and more. Thanks for joining me on the journey to develop a more satisfying prayer life according to God's design and scripture and with joy and consistency. Let's dig into the review. A Glorious Finish. It's written by Daniel Henderson, published by Moody Publishers, just came out here in 2020. It's 220 pages, not too long of a read, well worth your time. Henderson's conviction is contagious. His words are timely. With over two decades in the local church ministry, from church plants to mega churches, Henderson is your guide to discovering a God-honoring motivation, principles, and practices to get you to the finish line of life and ministry with Christ-exalting perseverance. Listen, whether you've been in ministry for 20 weeks or 20 years, you need to read this book. You need it. Your pastor needs to read it. It's incredible. Henderson helps a reader cast their eyes on the scorekeeper and the scoreboard of heaven. My biggest takeaway in one word is this. Perspective. Perspective. Listen to this quote. The final accounting of our ministry will not be the size of a ministry we forged, but the sort of ministry we shaped. This final assessment will not be based merely on what we did, but why we did it, how we did it, and for whom. It's on page 37. The book's broken down into four parts. The reasons, that's the the why Lots, a lot goes on to today. Lots, a real popular topic, right? Discover your why. Uh, Simon Sinek may kind of makes it a little leadership guru uh, guy. You know, oh, discover your why. Remember the why. Real popular. But but this isn't about using popular leadership methods. This is about motivation of your life and service. Biblical reasons. What's your why in your ministry? Part one: the reasons. Part two: the rhythms. The what. Spiritual pursuits that keep us rooted in eternal reality. The results, part three. The how. Choices we make about our engagement in ministry. Part four is the rewards. The where. The destination established by our choices. Adapted from uh, page 199. There's a chart that breaks this down of our why, what, how, and where. The four parts, as Henderson puts it in four R's. The reasons, rhythms, results, and rewards. So let me just give a little bit of some highlights from each part as I'm taking away some some big quotes and some meaningful things that I wrote down in my journal. Part one, reasons. Let me ask you this. How firm is your foundation for ministry? Why do you do what you do each week? 
What is your calling? That's that's not just for pastors, by the way. Wherever you serve, why, why do you do what you do? Henderson says this, I quote, a fresh vision for his glory in and through you on earth and your participation in his eternal glory in heaven can reshape why you do what you do, page 36, end quote. Ministry leaders are bombarded today with emails, conferences, books, and so forth that are baited with crisis and urgency. The next critical thing you need, five secrets to unlock, oh, and three landmines you're about to step on. This urgency, as I've experienced it, we can quickly forget the reasons and focus so heavily on the results that we forget the why. For example, let me just read here, and in, the, in my blog post, I've got a picture here of a screenshot of my email. So I'm just going to read you some emails. This is from one said leadership guru in church ministry. On June 9th, around 8 a.m., subject line, how to commit career suicide. June 8th, around 8 a.m., I'm watching churches fall into this trap. Any chance you're heading there too? June 7th. An easy way to tell if a volunteer is a leader or a doer. Hey, at least that one's not some sort of urgency. Something that's about to... Sounds like something's about to kill me and I don't know it. June 6th. What every pastor wishes he or she could say out loud. And a big heads up from me. I feel like there should be a winky face after that subject line, but... Nonetheless, listen, the name and the face here, I've, I've kind of just marked those out because I'm not trying to call anybody out. I don't know this guy's motives on this. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to pick on anyone in particular. You see anything here, though, that reminds these ministry leaders? Did you hear anything that reminded these ministry leaders he's sending this to of the why they entered the ministry in the first place? Because things are tough, by the way, in June 2020. If you haven't noticed, ministry's hard during a global pandemic. I've since unsubscribed from said ministry leadership guru because, well, honestly, I I was falling into this trap of of just opening up my inbox. I don't want to commit ministry suicide. I don't want to fall into this trap. What is it that I want to say out loud, but I can't? And what's the big heads up? Henderson's book helped me bring about this action step. Made a big change in the last month since June 9th when I said, nope, no more. Honestly, it's the ministry suicide one that kind of threw me over the fence there. I was like, nah, that's it. I'm done. I'm unsubscribing. It's causing me to click out of fear and not go to God's word in faith and remember why am I doing this in the first place. So anyways, that was a change in rhythms, which is really what part two is all about. Part two, rhythms. Henderson challenges the reader to start everything with worship. Here's a quote from Henderson. Two of them actually back to back. I'll give you the page numbers. First quote, our practical enjoyment of the glory of God then must shape our daily choices at the root of all life and ministry. Skip ahead a little bit. This is still the same quote, though. This must lead us to a daily resolve to start each day and infuse all of our ministry with an authentic and foundational rhythm of biblical worship. That's page 51, end quote. Next quote, page 57. The foundational habitual pattern that sets the trajectory for either a glorious finish or a dishonorable disqualification. 
is the daily choice between worship and neglect, page 57, end quote. Man, I tell you, that's one. those are two of the things that, that push me to say, you know what, I'm not going to start my day with fear on the email inbox. I'm not going to start my day with fear in the social media or the emotional media. Listen, let me ask you, whether you're a pastor or whether you're a ministry leader whether you're, uh, in your church in any level, do your rhythms start with email, social media? How do you get started on the right track? What are your rhythms for starting the day with biblical worship, like Henderson describes? The biggest question in part two here for me is, am I more concerned with doing for God than having an appetite for Him? That's to quote Henderson, having a, I quote, appetite to be with Him. It's on page 60. Once again, this comes back to the foundations of reasons. Why am I doing what I do? Henderson's own convicting realization presses home this point. I quote, I eventually started praying with primary motivation for revival only to realize that I was focusing on the outcome rather than the source. I was seeking revival from God to the neglect of seeking God for revival. Let me say that part again. I was seeking revival from God to the neglect of seeking God for revival. The lesson I learned in prayer and the one that has powerfully shaped and sustained my walk with God is that the only enduring motive for prayer is that he is worthy to be sought. End quote. Page 30. Part 3. The Results. What does all of this mean for results? How does the reason and rhythms impact part three, the results? Inattention to results is problematic. One pastor friend of mine says often that the ministry is a place where you find people who are workaholics or just downright lazy. The former emphasizes and fixates on earthly results. The latter, the lazy one, cares not for the results whatsoever, whether they're eternal or earthly. Neither option is tenable. Henderson says this, I quote, The same eye that is riveted on the prize of eternal life and everlasting joy drips with a tear of anguish over the eternal judgment of those apart from Christ. End quote, page 97. As that relates to current events, COVID-19, George Floyd, racial tensions throughout America, we must keep our eye on eternity, but not to the callousness of our hearts, to the lost, to the hurting, to the oppressed. Yet despite all of our ills, we must remember our greatest problem is not a health pandemic and not a race problem. It's a sin problem. So we got work to do. We can't just say results don't matter. Henderson's not saying that either. Once again, to requote what he has said on page 97, I quote, The same eye that's riveted on the prize of eternal life in everlasting joy drips with a tear of anguish over the eternal judgment of those apart from Christ. End quote. Part four, the rewards. The final part brings us to the subject of reward. Henderson reminds us that the destination of our reward is contingent on which scoreboard, that's quote, quoted, that's the phrasing he uses, on which scoreboard we focus on, whether the one here on earth or in heaven. Quotation, not everything that is in front page Christian news here on earth will even hit the radar in heaven. End quote, page 167. I love that quote. 
I love it. Not everything that hits the front page Christian news here on earth will even hit the radar in heaven. Christianity Today, it's missing it. It's not covering the greatest things that are happening probably as it relates to the kingdom of God all around the globe right now. And if we're living for Christianity Today, recognition, we've lost track of our why. Quotation here from page 175. There is no place for the Christian leader to let up, slow down, or fiddle around in the race to eternity. End quote. Here's the final word I give in an evaluation of his book. The most impactful chapter for me was chapter 7. The title of this chapter was Integrity versus Compartmentalization. First, the chapter opens up with a quote from G.K. Chesterton, which is never a bad start to a chapter. Chesterton says this, Morality, like art, consists of drawing a line somewhere. End quote. Page 116. Second, my response to pages 128 through 129 in my journal was this, is to consider my own legacy in ministry. What is the substance of it? I may have sermons that go online for the remainder of my life, but that does not equate to leaving a legacy that counts in glory. Longevity on the internet does not translate into longevity in the ministry. Integrity gives value for eternity, not just this temporal world. Remember that quotation from page 167? Not everything that is front page Christian news here on earth will even hit the radar in heaven. The best sermons haven't been put on Facebook Live. Probably haven't been preached by these household names that we all know in evangelical world. The best sermons probably haven't even been preached in English. have been born out of suffering all around the globe. Men in, that have been faithful to pastor their churches, regardless of their circumstances, keep pressing on towards the eternal weight of glory in heaven. Best sermons have probably been preached in prison cells. Men locked up for their faith in Jesus Christ. Refusal to stop. Henderson quotes, a quote here from 129 says this, We will be in heaven, but our integrity extends beyond our sermons and social media profile. More importantly, the glorious finish of life of, of integrity is rewarded in the endless worship of eternity. What's your legacy going to be? Pastor, ministry leader, Christian brother and sister. Remember, not everything that hits the front page is going to even hit the radar in eternity. Love it. Love it. Thanks, Daniel Anderson, for writing such a timely book, especially in a time when so many churches were propelled into online world, propelled into having their sermons online, churches that weren't even considering about having a digital footprint. Now they all have it, right, in America because of COVID-19 and around the globe. I've even seen Christian brothers and sisters in Nepal going Facebook Live, doing all these things. And hey, listen, it's wonderful. It's great. Access, lots of people getting access to the gospel. Pastors, we can't get enamored by the digital sphere so much so that we pay attention to the numbers there on the little eyeball on Facebook Live, wondering how many people are watching that we forget about the one eye that matters. 
What's that scoreboard look like in heaven? Let's keep our eye on that prize. Thanks again, Daniel Henderson. I encourage you all to go to Amazon, search Glorious Finish. I'm going to include a link in the show notes. Um, if you click on that link, that will uh, it is a uh, Amazon affiliate link, and that will actually help go towards helping uh, the sustainment of this podcast and my website be able to continue providing other helpful resources to you and to other listeners and other readers of the site. Um, so please go buy Henderson's book, share it with others, go buy it for your pastor. It will not go to waste. Your pastor will thank you for it. So thanks for joining me on Prayer in the Word today. If you haven't already, take a moment and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast streaming service. If you uh, would, while you're there, take a minute, give me an honest review. That'd be super helpful. If you found this to be helpful, please take some time and share it with someone. And go ahead and feel free to contact me anytime by going to my website, matthewcbryant.com. All my social account information is right there. You can reach out to me uh, through Facebook or through the Gram, and I would love to hear from you. Don't forget to go on over to Amazon, get your copy of How to Pray, 15 Days to a More Biblical, Joyful, and Consistent Prayer Life. Signing off, until next time. (laughs) 